can we be together this Christmas? It's a question that's been on everyone's mind for weeks, if not months, and uh, last night we found out the answer we didn't want to hear. I came across a news story this week of a family planning to spend Christmas Day at a motorway service station. They decided it was the best and safest way to spend 2020, Christmas 2020, together. Well, I don't know whether their plans are still going ahead, but even if they are, rather them than me is all I can say to that. None of us would have chosen the year that's just gone by. None of us would choose the Christmas that's been all but cancelled. And yet, perhaps we should just pause and remember at least some of the upsides of 2020. Conversations with neighbours we wouldn't have had otherwise, time with family, one back from the daily commute, renewed contact with relatives or friends, less pressure on our social lives, a deeper appreciation of the things we take for granted in life, a walk in the park, friends to speak to, our own health, or the health of those who, ha who we love. 2020 has had its benefits, but we would be mad to pretend it's all been okay especially when we think about the horror of social distancing. No hugs or handshakes. The fear we have felt towards other people and from other people. Trying to read a colleague's mood across a computer screen that cuts off all body language. Giving an order to a waiter in a restaurant whose smile is hidden behind a mask. Our diaries have never been more empty of real face-to-face -face encounters with real people. And then at, a, at the end of a year like that, we face up to Christmas, the festival of togetherness, the time when millions of us normally travel all over the country to see family, when we organize and attend office parties, have neighbors round for drinks, go out for dinner with friends, but not this year. A tier four Christmas rubs our noses in the unwelcome, abnormal, socially distant reality. Can we be together this Christmas? Well, sadly, the answer for almost all of us is no, or certainly not what we would want it to be. And so my question to us tonight is, what does God say to us as we face the prospects of a COVID Christmas. Remarkably, God answers our question with exactly the same question in return. God says to you and me, can we be together this Christmas? God says to you and me, can we be together this Christmas? On your service sheet, you'll see uh, just one verse from the Gospel of John, an eyewitness account of Jesus' life Hopefully you received a copy of that on your way in the whole gospel. That verse is all about God's desire to be with us at Christmas. And for the next 10 minutes or so, I'd like us just to explore that one verse under three different themes. A Christmas visitor, a Christmas gift, a Christmas invitation. Let me read the verse for us again. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, 
who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. First of all, a Christmas visitor. John claims that Jesus is the creator God who made everything. That is why he he calls him the word, because the creator spoke everything into existence. And John is saying that very first Christmas, the creator visited his creation. You notice there's, there, are, there are no innkeepers, no stables, no shepherds, no star in John's Christmas story. Instead, he begins Jesus' story in exactly the same place that your story began and my story began. A mother's womb. The word became flesh. I found some photos of one of my children recently. It looked like this. And if Mary and Joseph had been alive today, they could have seen images just like that of the son inside Mary's womb. But the child inside Mary's womb was no ordinary baby. He was God himself in human form, not a socially distant God, but the most intimately present God you or I could ever imagine. The words became flesh and made his dwelling among us. It is going to be a FaceTime, Skype, WhatsApp, video call type of Christmas, isn't it? If we can't be with our loved ones physically, we'll still see them and talk to them across a computer screen. Technology is a decent substitute, but it's not the real thing. At Christmas, God didn't give us a half-decent substitute. He came himself. Perhaps this evening, you're here and you're thinking, I just don't know what I think about God. Does he exist? Can I be certain? Perhaps uh, some of us here have had some sort of faith in the past, but, but that's gone. It's history. Maybe some of us have never really thought about these things. Maybe some of us are 99% certain that God doesn't exist, but every now and then those 1% of doubts still keep us um, up at night, or they nag away at us. Christianity says we can be sure about God. Because God did not stay socially distant at the other end of the universe. He stepped into our world. God didn't hide behind a computer screen. God walked through our front door. God didn't hide behind a mask. He became a human being, the man, Jesus Christ. John's gospel, if you've never read it, I'd love you to do so, is full of evidence that this really happens. On one occasion, Jesus fed a vast crowd of people with just a few loaves and a couple of fish. He healed a man who had been paralyzed for 38 years with just one word. He gave sight to a man born blind. On another occasion, he raised a man who had been dead and buried for four days. That is what John means in our verse when he says, we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who's come from the father. Glory is just a Bible word that means the godness and the goodness of God. It reminds us that God is utterly different to us. That's his godness. That's what enabled Jesus to feed a crowd of 5,000 people with a couple of fish and a few loaves of bread. It's what enabled him to raise his friend Lazarus to life again. That's his godness. But at the same time, glory reminds us that God loves us and that he is on our side. That is his goodness. You know, as we face up to a tier four Christmas, what does God say to you and me? He says, I came to be with you at Christmas. The Son of God was the Christmas visitor, the man Jesus Christ. But why? 
Why did God go to the trouble of visiting his world? Secondly, a Christmas gift. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. Can you imagine for a moment Margaret Keenan waiting to receive her coronavirus vaccine, the first person on the planet to receive a vaccine, life-saving treatment. And after asking her all the standard medical questions, the doctors have one last question to ask her. Do you deserve it? Wouldn't that be an utterly outrageous question to ask? Because receiving a, a vaccine isn't a question of merit, of being good enough, it's a question of need, of needing it. She needs a vaccine. She's vulnerable to a virus that could kill her. It is a gift, the vaccine is a gift of undeserved grace. Too many of us imagine, San imagine God to be a grown-up version of Santa. Santa says to you and me, have you been good little boys this year? Or, sorry, God says to you and me, have you been good little boys this year? Do you deserve good things from me? And uh, most of us are like little kids in Santa's grotto, and we instinctively say, yes, God, of course I've been good. I'm sure I've not been perfect, but just about good enough. God never asks outrageous Santa-style questions. He's much more like a doctor giving a vaccine to a 90-year-old vulnerable woman. He loves us. And that is why he offers to give us a Christmas gift of grace. Not something we've earned or worked for, but something we need. Well, what is that gift? What is it that we need? This year we have become all too familiar with death. Some of us very personally. Some of us maybe more at arm's length. All of us just through reporting of death tolls or the effects of the pandemic on our nation and our world. Politicians and pundits have argued about the, the true cause of death. Was it with COVID, from COVID? Was it a lockdown that came too early or too late? The Bible has a very, very straightforward answer to the problem of death, the cause of death. It's not a scientific answer, but it is an answer we all need to hear. Death is caused by sin. Sin simply means failure. Failure to love God. Failure to love each other. You see, you and I were designed to be like planets in orbit around the sun, receiving its light and drawing our life from it. But we hated the light and we sought to extinguish it. We chose to put ourselves at the center of reality and we pushed God, our creator, out of his rightful place. We socially distance ourselves from the giver of all life. And so what does God do? God socially distances himself from us. Death is the ultimate horror of social distancing. It cuts us off from our loved ones in this life, and one day it will separate us, cut us off from the goodness and love of God forever. And so it just isn't true to say that a vaccine will save lives. The NHS never stopped anyone from dying. All any medical intervention can ever do is delay the inevitable. But God's Christmas gift of grace really can save us from death because it offers us life that lasts forever. How does it do that? 
Or would you uh, humor me for a brief moment as I do a little thought experiment to try to explain? Imagine Mary and Joseph taking Jesus to visit Santa's grotto in Bethlehem. Santa says to Jesus, Merry Christmas, Jesus. Have you been a good little boy this year? What do you think Jesus will say back to Santa? Maybe something like this. Santa, you really do not understand what Christmas is all about. Of course I've been a good boy. I'm God's son. I always do what pleases my Father in heaven. In fact, that is why I came into this world, to show everyone how good it is to live with God at the center of your reality. Santa, that is why I'm here, Jesus would say. But Santa, do you realize I haven't just come to live? I've also come to die. I've come to live the life no one else could ever live, and I've come to die the death that everyone else deserves to die. Because you see, when Jesus died, he faced the most horrid social distancing imaginable. He was separated from the love of his father, who had loved him for all eternity as he died on a cross. Jesus never failed. He always loved God. He always loved other people. He didn't deserve to die, and yet that is what he did as he faced death for us so he could give us a Christmas gift of grace, the gift of forgiveness for all of our failure, the promise of a brand new start, because three days later, Jesus rose again. He came out the other side of death. He lives forever, and today he invites you and me to share in that wonderful, everlasting life, a life lived not socially distant, but intimately present with God. No sanitizer, no face masks, no tears. That is why God became a man at Christmas, because he loves us, and he longs to give us a gift of grace, forgiveness for failure, the promise of a life lived forever with him. And so let's move on, I think, to our third and final theme, a Christmas invitation. The one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. You and I have been asked to trust all sorts of different people this year, haven't we? Politicians and scientists especially, but also our, the media, our employers, healthcare professionals, key workers. We've been asked to trust each other, to keep each other safe. And often we've asked the question as we've sat down in front of the TV or listened to the radio or gone to the supermarket, can I trust these other people? Our confidence goes up and down as the weeks and months roll by, as we read a different newspaper article, as we hear a different uh, news announcement. And perhaps we wonder, is Jesus just like all those other people? Is Jesus just like me? Trustworthy sometimes, unreliable other times. Jesus is offering us something extraordinary, eternal life. It's a big promise, but we, maybe we're sitting here this evening thinking, can I really trust him? Well, John says that Jesus came full of truth, full of truth. He didn't just say reliable things every now and then. Jesus always spoke the truth. On one occasion, Jesus describes himself as the man who speaks the truth he heard from God. On another occasion, he calls himself the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus invites us to investigate if what he said is true. Was he really the Christmas visitor? Does he really offer us a Christmas gift of grace? Now, I don't know about you, but if, if, if I was lying on, on a, a ventilator bed 
with just a day or two left to live. And someone came into the ICU room and said, I've got something that is going to make you better. I wouldn't ignore them. I'd want to find out if what they said was true. Do do we realize that what Jesus is offering us is, is so much better than that? Cure for lives lived socially distant from him. Freedom from the fear of death. The the fear that has gripped our nation. A rescue from an existence spent so far away from God. That is the invitation. Uh, How can we consider that invitation? As I finish, I've got three suggestions. First, uh, in your little uh, John's Gospel, you hopefully received a little booklet. It's called Christmas, Hope in a COVID World. Um, It expresses some of what I've been thinking about tonight. You could read it in five minutes. I'd love you to do that. Second, why not come and join us here in this church um, in the new year? Every week, all we try to do is, is listen to what God is saying to us and think about what it means for our lives. We're, we're a church full of people who failed, but who have also discovered God's gift of grace and the invitation he is offering to us. And we'd love to help you explore that invitation. And so, and so thirdly, in your service sheet, that the third suggestion about investigating this in- invitation is to come along on a little three-week course we're running in the new year called The Word One-to-One. Um, I've got a copy of the course book here. It'll be an online um, course, and it's, it's, all we do is read through John's Gospel together, the first couple of chapters. Uh, the, the book has got the text of John's Gospel in it, and it's got some questions, and it's also got answers. So none of us need to be worry about being out of our depth. Just like Lucy found the Christianity Explored course earlier this year helpful, I'm sure that many of us could find that really helpful. I'd love to invite you to come along. Well, I don't know what your Christmas is going to be like in five days' time. I don't know what our year is going to be like next year. But I do know one thing. God wants to be with us. And he wants to be with you. Because he loves us. God is asking us a question tonight. Can we be together? Not just for Christmas, but forever. The Christmas visitor. God came to earth as the man, Jesus Christ. The Christmas gift. God offers us grace, forgiveness for our failure, the hope of a new beginning, the certainty of eternal life. The Christmas invitation. Jesus was a man full of truth. Will we trust him? May I wish you all a very happy Christmas.